Acts 27 and 14. If you got it, say amen. amen. But not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand, strake sail, and so were driven. Uh, and we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lighted the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, no small tempest lay on us, and all hope that we should be saved was taken away. Verse 32, and the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. That was the lifeboat. They, they, they've thrown out the cargo of the ship. They threw out the tackling of the ship, which would have been like ropes and blocks and tackle that they would handle the cargo with. And in a minute, they're going to throw out the food as well. They've thrown away the lifeboat. That's what's going on in the middle of this storm where they have not seen the sun for 14 days. Verse 36, And they were all of good cheer. And they also took some meat. I want to preach to you today, and it's just going to be an addendum to what Brother John preached, but I want to talk to you about good cheer in the storm. Because there's a place where we can get to in God. Amen. Where it doesn't matter what the surroundings are. Exactly. We can find a place where, Brother Tom, we can be in good cheer in the middle of the storm. Will you throw your hands in the air and ask God to talk to you? Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray today that you will speak to us. I pray today, God, that you will accomplish exactly what you want accomplished. Allow us, oh God, to tap into the flow of your Spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we take dominion and authority over every distraction, anything that would come against the move of the Holy Ghost or our perception of your Word. Oh God, I pray that you would have, your Word would have free course today and we will thank you for it. I wish some saints of God will begin to intercede right now and pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. God, increase our faith today. God, have your way today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for standing. Uh, I, I just, I'll just get started here, okay? No introductory story, nothing like that. I'll just come to tell you that uh, I have come to preach not to folks that have everything all together. If you have all your bills paid, your health, you're in great health, your family is picture perfect, and every penny that you find on the sidewalk is laying heads up, I haven't come to talk to you today. You're dismissed. Uh, but if you are not in that category, if you have circumstances and situations in your life that you feel like you're in a storm and you're out of control, uh, if you're in a situation where it seems like there is no way, I've come to preach to you today that we serve a God who makes a way where there seems like there is no way. We serve a God that can cause the sun to shine whenever we need the sun to shine. Uh, if you're in a storm, I've come to preach to you today. Uh, this storm that was in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea it was what is called a Eurachlodon. 
which sounds like it could be a ride at Bush Gardens, but uh, it, it, is, it is a hurricane that occurs in the Mediterranean Sea. Evidently, what had happened was whenever they had sailed out of Crete, it says that a, a, a wind blew softly, and they, they thought that everything was going all right, and, and everything was going smoothly, but then there arose what the Bible calls a tempestuous wind, called Eurachlodon. And it caught that ship, Brother Pat. Uh, it was a hurricane. And it says that they could not leave the sail up. They could not make it drive into the wind. They were unable to control where the ship was going. They had to, it says they undergirded it with helps, which literally means they took ropes and they went under and around the body of the ship and tightened it to hold, literally to hold the ship together in the middle of the storm. Excuse me. Uh, and so they were in this storm. And at one point it says that they had not seen the sun or the stars for days. Which means the storm was so bad they couldn't see the sky. But it also means they had no way to navigate. They didn't know which direction they were turned. They didn't know where they were headed. Where they were going to end up. It was a storm that they could not escape. Uh, but the Bible says in Acts 27 and verse 21 that after long abstinence, which actually means after a long fast, Paul stood in the midst of them. See, the Apostle Paul was on this ship. I'm glad that the storms that I have gone through in my life, there was a man of God in my life. I'm so glad, Brother Pat. And these... Uh, some maybe 272 men, I can't remember the name or the number of people on this ship, 200 and something people on this ship. The Apostle Paul was one of them. And he stood in the midst of them and said, Sir, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, for thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given them the, all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God." that it shall be even as it was told to me. I am thankful, Brother John, that in the worst storms in my life, I had a man of God in my life who was able to give me a word in the middle of the storm who said, it is going to be alright. Here's what you need to do. Here's the direction. And God said, it's going to be alright. And it was alright. What made... So, so the angel talks to Paul. And, and the angel says, you need to be of good cheer because it's going to be all right. And Paul tells the men on the ship, be of good cheer because it's going to be all right. And the result was, they were of good cheer because it was going to be all right. What made the difference in the middle of this mess, in the middle of this storm? I'm going to tell you what made the difference. They had a word. And if we have a word, a word can make all the difference. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, if you can get a word from God. Proverbs 12, 25 says, Heaviness in the heart maketh it to stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. 
Heaviness, sorrow, anxiety, worry. Other translations say worry weighs a person down. Anybody ever felt weighed down? Anybody ever felt like you, you are being oppressed by this heaviness, sorrow, anxiety? But the Bible says a good word can make you glad. It, now, I told Brother Kevin early this morning, I said, I'm not going to preach about the storm. Because sometimes Jesus will stand on the edge of your boat and say, peace, be still. But sometimes he doesn't. But he'll give you a word that in the middle of the storm, it's going to be all right. I was singing the song this morning. He never promised that the cross would not get heavy or that the hill would not be hard to climb. He never promised. Somebody give me the next verse. I just lost it. He never offered a victory without fighting, but he said help would always come on time. So just remember when you're standing in the valley of decision and the adversary says give in, just hold on. My Lord will show up and he'll take you through the fire again. He's not always going to put the fire out and he's not always going to calm the storm, but he is going to take us by the hand and bring us through the storm. Oh, I want to give somebody a word today. Wherever you are and whatever your situation is, I want to give you a word. And my word for you, the word of the Lord to you is, do not be dismayed. That word means to be broken down by situation, circumstances, or sadness. Do not be dismayed. Deuteronomy 31 and 8. The Lord, He it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Whew. No, I know. I, I, I probably timed that wrong. Because that's a shouting verse right there. We were up here shouting. Let me read it again. The Lord is He that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not... He will not fail thee. He will not forsake thee. So don't fear and don't be dismayed. Brother John already read it. I'm going to read it again. God said to Joshua, Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee wheresoever thou goest. And David said to Solomon, 1 Chronicles 28, 20, Be strong and of a good courage and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed. For the Lord God, even my God, will be with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee, until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. I got a word for somebody today. Fear not, be not dismayed, because the Lord, He's not going to fail you, and He's not going to leave you where you are. Oh, but we need we need to hold to God's unchanging hand. Because he is. Mm, my Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost today. God wants somebody to know he's not going to abandon you in your situation. But if you'll follow, he's going to bring you through the fire. We read this. 
We read this at, at funerals. We read it in times of grief and struggle. But it's not just for those things. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. David didn't say, Yea, though I'm camped out in the valley of the shadow of death. Yea, though I've taken up permanent residence in the valley of the shadow of death. There's an understanding in this verse we got to have, and that is the, the valley is not a place to stay. The valley is a place we are going through. I may be walking through a valley, but I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Joseph was in the prison. Joseph is, is sold into slavery. Joseph is sold into, he is, he's placed in prison. Joseph is forgotten in prison. But multiple times in the story of Joseph in his life, the Bible explicitly says God was with him. God was with him. You may feel like you're in a prison. You may feel like you're in a pit. You may feel like you're in a mess. But I want you to know there's a God that's willing to take you through. He's willing to take you out of the pit. He's willing to take you through Potiphar's house. He's willing to take you through the prison and bring you to the palace. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. If you've been living in the valley... It's time to put up a for sale sign. Now don't anybody take that out of context and put your house up for sale. But if you've been struggling, you feel like you've been there forever, it's time to, to say, I, I don't think I want to live here anymore. I'm just going to walk on. And some valleys are longer than others. But if you'll keep walking, and if you'll keep holding on to His hand, there's going to be... I think it's Psalm 84 that talks about those that pass through the valley of Baca. The word Baca, it means weeping. They pass through the valley of Baca, a place of weeping. It says, the, the, the rain filleth the pools thereof, but every one of them, I'm going through this valley of weeping and it's raining on me. You know, raindrops keep falling on my head. You know. I'm going through this valley of weeping. But it says, every one of them appeareth in Zion. And Zion means a sunny place. You may be going through a valley of weeping, and it may be raining, it may be dreary, but if you'll just keep on walking, every one of them can appear in Zion. Somebody shout amen. amen. And so we, somebody say, we need a word. <clears throat> so I got a word. I got a word. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. But go with me always, even unto the end of this age. Acts chapter 12 and verse number 6. I, 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 these two stories just jumped out at me today. and uh, I'll, I'll be done in less than two hours. I really think so. Um, but you, know, you, got, you got the Apostle Paul on a boat in a never-ending storm 
with no lifeboat, tossed all the food overboard, and Luke said, it was evident that all hope of us being saved was lost. And we're of good cheer. Acts chapter 12, you may be familiar with the story, but Peter's in prison. Herod has just killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And the Bible says because it pleased the Jews, he took Peter, prisoner also, and put him in the dungeon. In verse number 6, it says, And when Herod would have brought him forth. In other words, tomorrow morning, Herod is going to give you the same treatment that he gave to James. When Herod would have brought him forth, the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. In other words, there's guards on the outside going to keep Peter in. There's guards on each side going to keep Peter in. And there's chains on both wrists going to keep Peter right where he is. And Peter is taking a nap. You're going to die tomorrow, Peter. And there's nothing that you can do about it. There is no way of escape. You are going to die tomorrow. Peter says, well, I think I'll just kick off my shoes. Read it. He don't have no shoes on. Peter kicks off his shoes. Says to the soldier, hey pal, can you move over a little bit? And Peter takes a nap in the middle of the prison. Because it doesn't matter where you are. If you will tap into the presence of God, there is a peace that passeth all understanding. In other words, you can have peace when it doesn't make sense to have peace. Be careful for nothing, Paul would write. In other words, don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He said, in everything. Somebody say it. Look at your neighbor. Tell him, in everything. That's in the storm, in the prison, in the mess, in the situation, in the bad circumstance, in the bankruptcy. In, in everything. Make your requests be made known unto God. And the promise is... The peace of God will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I want somebody to know that in the middle of the mess, God can give you peace. Oh, I wish you'd lift your hands right now and receive that. You should lift your hands right now and receive. You don't have to miss another night of sleep in the name of Jesus. You don't have to miss another night of sleep. You don't have to wake up in the middle of the night in worry, in fret, in doubt, in fear. God, in Jesus' name, let the peace of God blanket this congregation. Let the peace of God touch every mind and every heart in this congregation. Somebody needs to vocalize, I receive that today, God. I need that today, God. I receive it today. I need it today. I need an uninterrupted night of sleep. I need it, God, and I receive it. Mm. In the middle of the mess, there is peace. 
How is that possible? I, I'm, I, I didn't intend to preach very long. Brother John got me all fired up, so you just blame him, Brother John. Mark chapter 10, verse 27. Jesus looking upon them saith, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. I, I want to put an emphasis on one word in that verse. And that is, with. With God. With God. Now, with men, you, you're sunk. With men, you're sunk. With men, the chains are still on. With men... But with God, we've got to get with God. I'm not just saying some kind of mental ascent, you know, I believe God's going to take care of it. I mean, we need to get with God. We need to get in the presence of God because if we'll get with God, God's going to make everything all right. He's going to bring us through. Psalm 27. Y'all picking that up, what I put down just now? Just look at somebody, tell them, with God. Not separated from God. Not just with God in mind. Not just kind of sort of hoping maybe God will do it. I'm talking about with God. I'm going to pray until I touch God. I'm going, if i got to fast, if I don't feel Him, I'll fast until I can hear from God. But if I'll get with God... David said, so uh, though a host should encamp against me, my heart won't fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. What will you be confident of, David? Well, when the wicked and my enemies and my foes, when they come upon me to eat up my flesh, they'll stumble and fall. How does that happen, David? He said this in the next verse. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in His temple. He said, if I can just get in the presence of God, it changes my outlook. He said, for in time of trouble, He'll hide me in His pavilion. In the secret of His tabernacle, He'll hide me. He shall set me up upon rock. And here's what I want you to see. And, and thank you so much, uh, whoever's doing the verses up there, for putting it on the screen. Verse number 6. Somebody say, now. <coughs> when? When I get in the presence of God. And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about. Did the enemy disappear? No. Did the storm go away? No. But he's given me a different perspective and he has moved me above and now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about. In the NIV it says it this way, then my head will be exalted above the enemies that surround me. I will sing, I will offer sacrifices of joy, I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Maybe that's what was going on. This is Bible story number three. Maybe that is what was going on when Paul and Silas were in that jail in Macedonia. And they, their hands and their feet were in stocks and there were guards all around them and the keeper of the prison stood on the outside. They must have had some kind of understanding of, I can just get in the presence of God. 
And so they sang, they prayed, and they sang praises unto the Lord. They didn't use their one phone call. Peter did not use his one phone call. Paul did not call AAA. Uh, I got a boat problem. Can you send somebody? Now those, those are silly little illustrations, right? But it speaks to what we have the propensity to do, which is look for a human solution to my problem. I, I need a human solution. Brother John already preached this. I don't know why I'm doing it. That fire extinguisher is good after you're already on fire. See, Paul's situation and Peter's situation and Joseph's situation and Silas and Paul's situation, we, we read those stories and, and we kind of know the ending. We know what's going to happen. You know, God's going to rescue them. Obviously he did, right? We know that it's, it's not a situation where any of the disciples could sneak in the prison and, and jailbreak Peter. We, we know that he can't call his attorney and, you know, somebody's going to come put up his bail. You know, that's, that's not going to happen. We understand that reading those stories. But then we look at our own lives and I've got this going on and I've got this going on. And if I'll just arrange this and I'll talk to this person and if I can, if I can get all this done, if I, if I switch this around, then, then, then things will be okay. Whenever the Bible says, give us help from trouble for vain is the help of man. Vain is the help. In other words, it's empty. Now, I understand we can pick each other up and we can encourage each other, and there's some things that we need to take responsibility for. But when you're in a storm that you can't control, vain is the help of man. We need Jesus. And whether Jesus calms the storm or he just gives you a word, he's going to make sure that you get through the storm. Bible story number five. I miscounted the last time. But those three Hebrew boys, they said, King, we are not... Does anybody know what the next word is? We are not careful how we answer you. Whether God delivers us or you throw us in that fiery furnace, I'm not stressed. We're not careful... That word careful just means we're not stressed, we're not anxious. We ain't going to lose no sleep over it, old king. Because whether God delivers us or He doesn't deliver us, we're not going to bow our need to your God. And, uh, and, and the Bible says, Brother John, I don't know how you missed this scripture in that message that you preached, but it says that Nebuchadnezzar looked in there and saw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and a fourth man in the fire. He didn't take them out of the fire. He just sent them an angel to comfort them in the fire. And it says when they got out of that fire, the smell of the smoke wasn't even on their garments. I'm talking about a God that will bring us through. Somebody said, how could the fire not burn them? 
Somebody else said, well, because they were so on fire for God that the fire, was, the fire that was on the inside of them was hotter than the fire on the outside of them. Daniel, I know the king's going to throw you in the lion's den if you don't stop praying. Daniel says, well, whatever's going to happen is going to happen, but I'm not going to stop praying. If he decides to deliver me out of the lion's den, I'm fine with that, but I'm not going to stop praying. I am not going to let loose from the hand that is going to keep me. Daniel, how's everything going in there? Oh, God sent an angel. He didn't take him out of the lion's den. But he gave him a testimony on the other side. And God is going to give you a testimony on the other side. Why don't we stand to our feet today? Why do I have to go through this? I don't have an answer to that. Why hasn't it ended already? I don't have an answer to that. But I do have a word for you. And that is God will keep you if you will stay with him. Isaiah 40 and 28. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not. Neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. What's he saying? He's saying, on your own, by your own strength, you can't do this. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. He says, they're going to keep moving forward. He said, God doesn't lack any strength. God doesn't lack any power. And if you'll wait on him. I shared this last night after prayer. But that word wait, it literally means to be twisted or entwined with. I can't sing all the words to that song, but there used to be a song that says, I'm tied up, tangled up. How's that go, honey? (coughs) Wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. Those that are so connected to Him. Lord, help us. This, This promise, this verse that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, it is not a promise to casual Christians. It's not a promise to to people that just say they serve God, but are not tangled up in a relationship with Him. But it does say, they that are tangled up, twisted up, tied up with Jesus... They shall renew. Hey, Sister Judy, can you put that verse? It's Isaiah 40 and 31. The gifts of the Spirit are going to fall here in just a second. What you feel, what you feel, this, this vacuumed, where emotion has been vacuumed out of the building, it's because God's going to just show up and do what He does. Isaiah 40 and 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew. If you're reading that in a paper Bible you would see that the word there is italicized, which means it's not actually in the original. It was put there by the translators to help with understanding. 
But the verse literally reads, They that are tangled up with God shall renew strength. Not their strength. Will renew strength. And three verses above it, it told us who is the source of strength. If we'll get tied up with Him, His strength is going to sustain us. It's His strength that will give us the ability to mount up with wings of, of, of eagles. It's His strength that will allow us to run and not be weary. It's His strength that will allow us to walk and not faint. But Josh already mentioned it. The enemy of your soul wants to wear you out, give you weariness, and cause you to faint in the journey. But there is strength to make it through the storm, and you can be of good cheer because you're going to come out on the other side. If you, I think as a family, we can just gather around the altar today. I know I started by saying this is only, you know, if you're, if you're going... Uh, if you've got everything going for you, this message isn't for you. But this message is for you because there's going to be a day that a storm comes. Because the wind might be blowing softly in your life today. But storms come and storms go. I wonder if we could just gather around the altar today. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm, I'm going to be patient. I'll give you time to get here. In the name of the Lord Jesus. We might have cut this song. I'm not sure what was the third song today. But we sing, In this house, there is hope. In this house, there's salvation for your soul. In this house, your life can be... In this house, there's strength. Right now, for just a moment, can we just kind of... Can we just kind of wrap our arms like this and begin to talk to the God I, 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 I need your strength in me I need your help I need God I, I, I there's, there's been times that I've relied on my own willpower my own thinking my own ability I, I've said that it, it'll be okay I, I'll make it through but I didn't really rely on you If you've done that, I want you to repent today. We, we as a church need to repent. God, God, there's been times where I tried to fix it on my own. There's been times when I tried to rely on my own strength. And, and Lord, I did not give you the opportunity to do it nor the credit to take me through. God, I need you. God, I need you. I need to be wrapped up with you. I need you to wrap your arms around me. I need to wrap my arms around you. I need you. God, my strength is not sufficient and I can't do it on my own. I need your strength. Oh, why don't you lift your hands now 
and let the presence of God overflow you.